Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. In your Bibles, if you will, I want you to go back to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Title of our series, we're continuing in it as long as the Spirit of God gives us unction in this direction. The times, they are changing. And I have been talking about growing up spiritually, getting on fire for God like you've never been on fire before. We've looked at things about the the rapture of the church that will take place, I believe, uh, uh, very shortly. If you keep up with end times teaching, end times events, I like to go listen to, to Brother Joe Morris's weekly uh, end times update, things that he says, a lot of it he gets from uh, different ones he's connected to uh, in the world. It's amazing that, you know, our news media is not even, rec- is not even reporting uh, the tensions that are going on in the Middle East right now. The Middle East is primed for war. Uh, Literally, the the Ezekiel 36 war, Gog and Magog, is literally being staged right now. All of the players are in place right now. There's a five-division man army that has come out of Iraq that has taken off their Iraqi uniforms, put on Syrian uniforms. Uh, They have also, Russia has given uh, 300 MiG fighters to Iran. They're painting them with the colors and the flag of Syria. Uh, 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 There's other things that are going on. Saudi Arabia is looking to sign a peace agreement with Israel as well as Jordan, which is a sign of the last uh, uh, covenant that will be signed before the rapture takes place. So that's, that shows you how close we are. Now in the midst of that, there are also some other things that are going to happen. There's going to be a great revival in the church. There's going to be awakening in cities and nations. There's going to be a harvest. I've heard the word one billion. Every time I hear that word, it just resonates in my spirit. I believe God wants a one billion person harvest off of the earth because people are precious to God. Now let me also say this, and if you've not seen this, your eyes will open to it as the days go by. Not everybody out there wants to get saved. As a matter of fact, just the opposite. There is an incredible revival right now going on in the occult. Even this past week when Sabbath dawned in Jerusalem, there were thousands of occultic witches and warlocks that gathered on the Temple Mount to do their incantations and all the things that they do. Uh, the books of, uh, of Aleister Crowley and Anton LaVey are flying off the shelf. People are holding seances. There's all kinds of, uh, they're praying against you. Just so you'll know, they're praying against the church, they're praying against you, and they're praying that the will of their God is going is to get done. But I've got good news. Amen. They ain't got a clue. I mean, how stupid do you have to be to back a loser? And I use the word stupid very uh, guardedly because it is. It, it's stupid to be a Satanist. Amen. I mean, that's just, you're backing the wrong team. And I know it cost you nothing but eternity. But it's happening right now. All over the internet. All over. I mean, it's just this explosion of the satanic and the demonic. But listen, God is not going to be outdone. And we are living on the precipice. We're in a preparation period. That's why I'm stressing that I've never in my, in my ministry, 36 years of ministry, I've never used the word warning before. 
But I keep stressing it and stressing it. I'm warning you and warning you. This is not a time to get apathetic. This is not a time to get complacent. This is a time to, with all of your heart, all of your mind, everything that you are, to serve God like you never have before. Because you don't want to miss, number one, what God's going to do. Number two, what He does to wrap this up. See, the, uh, the, the unscriptural belief that everybody that prays the sinner's prayer goes up in the rapture is not scriptural. We have saw that as we've studied these things over the past few weeks, that the rapture is not an inherent promise that belongs to, to, to Christians. The rapture is a reward for those that are faithful at the most difficult time in the world to be faithful at. Now listen to this. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, we've read this several times, but I, I went back and did some studying on this. It says, know also, this know also, uh, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Everybody say perilous times. Now, if you don't think times are perilous now, I, 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 just hang around a little bit. Now, let me just throw this out there for you because, you know, you're going to get exposed to this one way or another. So you might as well get, get exposed, uh, you know, the right way so you come at it from the right angle. There's a tremendous amount of things on the internet. If somebody has not sent you uh, some prophecy of some pastor of, of things, people that are seeing, and, and there, it seems like they're seeing two things. They're seeing great revival or great destruction. Uh, one was sent to me in which I watched, and, and I believe the guy was very sincere. And I actually believe what he was seeing was of God, that God was showing him something. And what he saw was very alarming. And he saw it happening very quickly. September, October, November, he saw this nation at war. He saw civil war. He saw uh, uh, Chinese and Russian troops in our cities. He saw the blue-helmeted UN people in the cities. He saw the dollar going down to nothing. He saw the banks closing down. He saw co complete and utter turmoil in this nation as this nation literally burned. You say, do you believe that is God, uh, of God? I believe it is. I believe it absolutely is of God. He said, you really believe that's a God? Absolutely. But I believe it can be stopped. I said, I believe it can be stopped. And I believe we're called as a people, as a church, to stop it. Amen? Listen, it says this, what is it, the, the, the minor prophet, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of God. Talking about the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. God said, he's actually said, well, I read one translation that was, came out of the Hebrew. It says, it's not by might, which means it's not by, it's actually speaking of nations. It's not by all the military uh, weapons that I have. It's not by power, no, excuse me, I have it backwards. It's not by might, it's not by the number of the army. It's not by, it's not by power, it's not by, uh, because of the effectiveness of our weapons. But it's by my spirit. You say, what do you mean? God can use anybody that's willing to intercede, to pray. And I believe that this summer, June, we've already gotten through June. We've had great prayer times, times of intercession and prayer. But now as we begin to transition out of June into July, there's been a pushback. People are getting apathetic again. People are getting complacent again. We were running 40 and 50 in prayer. Now there's 20, 25 coming to prayer. Listen, you cannot afford to fall asleep now. Now is the most important time that you've ever lived for God. Your eternal destiny could be at stake. You say, what do you mean by that? Listen, there's a high probability that if you miss the rapture, you're going to end up taking that mark and you're going to end up going to hell. You don't want to lose your salvation. 
People don't like teaching and preaching like that. But I'm guarantee if I if I if I did not love you like I do, I would not tell you these things because these things are controversial. These things get people all stirred up. People say, "Well, you're just talking a bunch of stuff that's going to cause fear." Well, wait till we get to the end of the message. Amen. It may take something like that and get your ears open so you hear what God has to say. Listen, this is a very, uh, uh, as it says, perilous times. Now, I went and looked at several different things. You know, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, was translated from Latin into Greek, and then translated into English. So there's several ways you can study words. So, know, uh, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Troubled times, hard times, dangerous times, times of great stress. Times of difficult and troublesome events. Now, one truer translation says this. Listen to this. Know that also in the last days, it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Because the greatest demand of your time, your efforts, your money, and everything you are is going to come on you right now. It's going to come on you right now. For two purposes. For the purpose of the protection and safety of the body of Christ in the earth and for the, for the reason of revival, awakening, and harvest. And that's something that you do not want to miss. You know, I've, I've, I've prayed and prayed for, you know, 18 years that we've been pastoring. Because I, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a revivalist. I love the move of God. I love revival. Actually, this year was scheduled. I wasn't going to be here a whole lot this year. I was going to be traveling a lot. We were going to. Uh, we had a big conference in Ireland. We had uh, uh, other conferences in Shreveport and in in, uh, uh, in uh, Tulsa. Uh, we were going to uh, uh, to, to Turkey, uh, to the Philippine Islands. Uh, we've got. We still got a couple of revivals still scheduled. One pastor daring enough to have me come do a what a Sunday through Friday. I think is what we're scheduled to do. We're going to have revival. Amen. That pastor's seeing something. Other pastors need to see. I think that's been delayed, but it hadn't been denied. Amen. Amen? And I tell you, it's scheduled for Island Church for those that will hang around and be a part of it. But right now, in the church, a sifting is going on. Actually, it's been going on for about three and a half to four years. Amen? You say, now why is that? Because listen, some people just will not get a hold of, of that which they're called to do and understand how they're supposed to do it. People serve God conveniently as long as they can serve God the way they want to. Let me say that again because it's, a, it's, it's, it's one of the maladies spiritually of our, of our generation. People serve God comfortably as long as they can serve God the way they want to. And I tell you, we've seen it here. People that have just gotten mad, that it just, you know, they get upset, they get offended. It's very easy. And, you know, just, it's amazing if you let it. Now, let me, let me just say this to you. You have to understand there are spirits totally opposed to anything. They see you sitting here at church on a Wednesday night. They see you read your Bible. They see you watching our, our encouraging uh, 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 things we put on the internet. They see all of your activity in the Spirit and one thing they want to do is to disconnect you from that which influenced you to do that. 
They don't want you doing that. They don't want you tithing, offering, giving, singing up here on the platform, worshiping God, hearing about revival, hearing about the move of God, hearing about... They don't want you. They don't want that. So they're going to put undue pressure. They're going to push on you and push on you and do all kinds of things to you to try to get you out of here and out of that which God wants for your life. This is not the day or the hour to do that. You should have done it a few years ago. But if you're still here, honey, you better dig your fingernails into the back of that chair in front of you and hang on. Because it's fixing to get wild. Amen? It's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Not for me. I'm not going to miss it. Everybody say, I'm not going to miss it. Now, let me go here. Acts chapter 1. Then we'll go over to the book of Joel. I believe very strongly that the intercession and prayer of the churches, much of the company that we're connected to that believe in prayer and intercession, praying in the Spirit, gathering people to pray, I believe that this will be the most important fall harvest conference that we ever have, ever have had. And I believe the enemy's going to try to do everything he can do to shut it down, but he's not going to be able to do it. He's not going to be able to do it. I believe at that, at that particular juncture, that third week of October, we're actually about 13 days from an election. Now listen, you know I'm not political. You know I don't, I don't you know, wave a, a, a red flag or a blue flag. I'm nothing like that. But let me just say this. There are, how can I say this? There are political consequences on both sides. One consequence will cause a whole lot more pressure to come on the church. Let me say it like this. They'll do everything they can do to shut the church down. They already had plans to do it. They're already, it was already in the plans to do it. But thank God. I said, but thank God they couldn't do it. So it is important how that election comes out. And we do need a miracle. You can't just think, well, it's going to happen just like, no, no, you better listen to me. It's going to take some intercession. It's going to take some prayer. It's going to take some calling on the Lord. It's going to take some crying out to God. It's going to take some people getting together and interceding because I'm telling you, this is not in the hands of God. It's in the hands of the church. And see, that's a lot, a lot of times we think, well, God can just do anything we want to. Not, not unless the church prays. Not unless people. You've got to understand, what is the church? The church is God's governing body. When it comes to the earth, as the earth sees it, it is God's ecclesia. It is His governing body. But inside the church, it's His family. He doesn't feel about the church like a king feels for his kingdom. He feels for the church like a father feels for his children. So he warns and he gives us revelation. He gives us words. He gives us anointings. He gives us gifts. And some of the greatest anointings and gifts of the power of God are fixing to come online right here. Right here in this church. Now notice, Acts chapter. Acts chapter 1 verse 4. Being assembled together with him, speaking of Jesus, commanded them that they should not wait for them. That they should, uh, that they should, hold on that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with the water, with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. Now go down to verse 8. But you shall receive power after 
The Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now let me say that again. That's that's what the Word of God says about itself. That's God speaking about Himself. You shall, everybody say, I shall, receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, I've heard preachers teach and preach this. I've never preached it this way. I've heard them preach. I'm telling you, when you get the Holy Ghost, the potential of the power of God gets put into your life. That's not true. Because with that in mind, you think about, you think about a hand grenade. You know, the word power is the word dunamis or dunamis, which actually means explosive power. Power to create, power to change. It's literally what it means. Now, most people's view of the Holy Ghost coming in their life is like God handing them a hand grenade. That's not, what it's, that's not what it is. It's God pulling the pen and handing it to you. You have to have the idea of a stick of dynamite that has been lit and the fuse has come down into the dynamite and it's gone off. That's what happened when you got baptized in the Holy Ghost and when you started speaking in other tongues, there was an explosion of God's power that came into your life. Satan's done everything he can do to suppress it, to press it down, to make you feel weak, to make you feel offended, to make you feel all this kind of stuff because he knows if they ever discover the true potential explosion of power that happened to them when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost, won't be able to stop them. They'll be just like that first group. They'll preach the gospel. They'll, They'll cast out devils. They'll lay hands on the sick. They'll see signs, wonders, and miracles. They'll see supernatural provision. So I've got to do everything I can do to keep the power from coming online. Well, I've got bad news for the devil. The power today is going to be preached. It's going to be proclaimed. It's going to be talked about. You're going to start seeing Holy Ghost conferences. You're going to start seeing gifts of the Spirit conferences. You're going to start seeing people wanting to know about the power of God again. A hunger. You say, what's going on in the church right now? A sifting that's creating a hunger in the hearts of men and women to not only hear the proclamation, but experience the demonstration of God's life and power. Mm -mm -mm. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Now go if you will. Think about the best way to do this. Go if you will to Joel. Go to, go to Joel chapter 2. Now before we get into Joel, let me talk to you for just a moment. I'm never one to, to share much about visions, dreams, things like that that I've had over the years. But there's been one occurring and predominant vision that happened to me in September of 1984. At a time in which I had been back to the Lord for about six months, I'd started Bible school and, and had fallen back into the, into the uh, you know, not being a very good student and was discouraged. And I was in my room and I'd been praying and I was ready to quit. I was just ready to give up. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, I need you. And listen, when God speaks that to you, I mean, it's had a 30 year, 36 year effect on me. He said, I need you. And when he said that, instantaneously, like he would snap a camera, I saw a vision. Actually, it's the only vision I ever had. And, it's, and I've had so many visions. But this type of vision is, if you've ever had one, it's one that in prayer you can pull back up. It's kind of like something that has been tattooed into your spirit man. I can literally close my eyes and see it. I've done that for over 30 years. 
praying, looking at this vision, closing my eyes, praying, looking at this vision, closing my eyes, praying, looking at this vision. And, you know, I mean, I, there, there are things about the vision that I'm just now getting that I did not get when I got the vision. I'm just now getting it. And the vision started from a view of Galveston Island that I was very familiar with. I'm still very familiar with it. And that's the view from the South Jetty looking up the channel and down Galveston Island where you could see the hotels back then. The flagship hotel was still uh, out on the pier. You could see all the other hotels and the, and the different businesses down the seawall. You could see American National. And I could see it. It's like one of those beautiful summer days with a really you know, pretty green water. And, and you could see the bright, uh, those big fluffy clouds, those summer clouds. Then all of the sudden, it's like, a, it's like a shadow began to move across, and the shadow turned into a darkness. And as I looked up, something backlit the darkness. And when it backlit the darkness, what I saw was a million or more faces of demons over this island. Well, I should have, you know, back then, 1984, I, I, you know, I knew it was Galveston, but it took me till, you know, Almost the year 2000 to figure out I was actually called to Galveston. Amen. Well, I should have known it then. He's showing me a vision of Galveston Island. Now, I saw, this is what I saw. I saw from the island, about as thin as a thread, a small light begin to rise. And rise and rise. And it hit that darkness. And it pierced that darkness and when it pierced that darkness, back behind that darkness, the only way I can describe it is like I saw it. It looked like an atomic explosion up over the top of all that demonic power. Boom! And that light just came down and cascaded and flooded and lit this whole place up till all it looked like was light. So I've, I've dug that thing up in prayer. I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. I've thought, Lord, what am I seeing? What am I seeing? And about a week ago, here's what the Lord said to me. He said, I showed you a clock. I said, what? He said, I, I was actually up here praying. I, I come every night up here. I pray. I walk these aisles. I pray and pray. I've been coming every night for several weeks now. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, that's a clock. He said, I want you to look at that again. And I looked, and I never saw this before. But that light had taken off and had come about three quarters of the way up into those demonic faces. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I've already lit it, and it's just a matter of time before that thing pierces the darkness. And what that light is, is that's the intercession of Island Church. And the speed of that light going up into that darkness is determined by how, by how intense we are in our prayer and intercession. Whew, glory to God. Man, I can, just, man, I can talk about that and the anointing of God come on me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Now, where did I say Joel? Let me try to stay with this because I could really go a different direction. Joel chapter 2. Joel, J-O-E-L. Page 144 in the <laughs> Bible. Amen. Let's begin in... Uh, Let's begin in verse, uh, let me see here, 20, 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Now, not in Joel's day, 
But in our day, you can study this in the book of Hebrews if you'd like to, the church is referred to as Zion. Do you understand that? So prophetically, we can turn back the page and see, well, he's talking about us. And you'll see that even more as we get into the Scripture. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He hath given you the former rain moderately, and He will cause, now notice this, He will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat. Everybody say harvest. And the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. Now notice this. Oh, man. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the cankerworm have eaten, the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I send among you. Amen. Now, if you study those four worms in an ag agricultural setting, you will see that every one of them are designed to eat a different part of a tree. Actually, it's talking about an olive tree. Talking about, talking about Israel, but we're not on that side of it. We're on the church side of it. So it's talking about a worm that eats, the, eats all the leaves, all the foliage off. It's, it's, it's also the worm uh, that eats the bark. It's also the worm that, that bores into the tree and eats the heart of the tree and causes it to die. And it's also the worm that bores into the ground and eats the roots. So that when those worms are finished, there's nothing left. There's nothing left. Now listen, every time those worms would attack like in an olive grove, they had a different treatment for each one trying to stay off the plague of those worms from destroying a crop. And if you weren't careful as an olive farmer, you spend your entire life fighting worms. Amen. But now that this is a prophetic word and types of churches, many churches like this one has had years and years and years and years of, quote, worms trying to eat the tree. It manifests so many different ways, so many times. We're, all all Leah, can, Leah and I can do is just pray. Let me, let me help you for something. For, this may help you. This may not help you. We pastor a church. We pastor a church. A church is about people. We love people. We have no designs to hurt, harm, do anything like that to anybody. We want everyone to, feel, to fulfill their full potential in Christ. We want everyone to find out who they are, what they have, what they can do. And we want you to fulfill the will of God for your life. Amen? But these worms like spirits, they come in and they distort vision. And they distort what people see. Let me say this. You may not like this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I have remained as true to the calling of God that God has put into my life. I have remained to this day as faithful as I was the day God raised me up out of a terrible lifestyle on March the 7th, 1984. I have not backed off. I have not quit. I've tried to help, promote, Bless. Listen, the enemy knows that kind of stuff. I mean, I did it in a church up on the mainland. I've done it in other churches, many churches that we preached in the first phase of our ministry. Then God brings us here. And when He brings us here, we go into one of the strongest spiritual fights that I've ever seen. And I've seen some doozies. I've seen them in Hawaii. I've seen them in Ireland. I've seen them in some of the states of the United States. I've seen them down in Nicaragua. I know what a spiritual fight is. Amen. But let me just say this. The days of that spiritual fighting is over with. You say, why? Because we've stood established upon the victory and we've not quit and given up. 
as long as we can gather two or three people, we're going to have church and we're going to be a church. Amen? But in the midst of that, you've got to understand that what God is doing is He's sifting us, He's, he's, he's getting us ready, He's calling us to a higher life and lifestyle in the Spirit, and He's wanting to restore the years. Listen, God can restore 18 years of a spiritual fight in a week. Did you know that? He can restore. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And we are on the precipice of that right now. That's why it's so important to understand the day and the hour in which we're living. Man, these are, this is, how can it get any crazier? I got everybody running around and mask and, and uh, you know, everybody getting tested four times a day for this and that and Oh my God, do you have... And now, and now they've made it such a, a social, uh, what? A social enigma. If you've, have you had COVID? Oh my God. It's like you've got leprosy. It's crazy. Then you throw all the other things that are going in. Amen? You say, do you believe in BLM? I said, I do. Black labs matter. I got it. Somebody sent me that today. I thought it was pretty good. Every life matters to God. You can't segregate people. God loves everybody. And God does not want to segregate. God wants to unite. God wants to bring people into a common purpose in the earth. Listen, and God wants to bless His church with an unreal manifestation of His life, power, and glory that's going to blow everybody's minds. But you've got to be willing to fight to get to that point. And listen, I like what Joe Moore says. He says, we know we're right there because the last few laps of the race is when you have to have that kick. You ever heard of that? The kick? That's, that's who always wins the race, the guy that's got the kick. That means they've run 40 laps, but that last lap is when he turns it on. You've got to have it. We're running toward a finish line. The clock is running right now. I'm telling you, we're fixing to see a restoration of the years that the canker worm, the palmer worm, amen? It says, and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Let me tell you something, church. There's much more than just a financial windfall that's aimed at this church. There is a provision for the last days that's going to be an un unquenchable well of financial flow. I literally have seen in the Spirit services where everyone in the service who has a mortgage gets their mortgage paid off. I've seen services where every person in the service that had a car note got their car paid off. I've seen services where every missionary that came to a conference got their entire year paid for in advance and we blessed them with other... I've, listen, I've seen it in the Spirit. Notice how they've done this over the years. How they've taken men who brought a true revelation of financial prosperity and then they've criticized them and tore them down. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about the church. But what happens if that flips around where churches are no longer telling everybody, give, 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 but every time people come, the church is giving. The church is paying off the, the, the debt of the city. The church is buying the new fire trucks. The church is buying the, uh, the new police department, new cars. The church is, I'm telling you, it'll blow people. You will not be able to put up a building big enough to hold people when that begins to happen. Because in a time of great economic strain, any place you can get any relief, you're going to go there. You're going, God knew that. That's why we've been, listen, we have been in a season since Ike of hyper giving. 
That's literally how the Holy Ghost said it to me. He said, and what makes you think that I didn't put a grace and an anointing upon Island Church to give hyper-giving almost two and a half million dollars since Ike that we've given into missions? He said, what makes you think that I will not give a hyper-harvest? I do too. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God that He hath dealt wondrous with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel and that I'm the Lord Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward. Now listen. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days where I pour out of my spirit. Now notice this. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Last year we had four blood moons. It's only happened three other, uh, two other times. It happened in 1948, 1967. Israel became a nation and they got back Jerusalem. And it happened last year. Amen. There are all kinds of things in the sky and all of the stars, the things that are lining up, that are speaking of the glory of God and His intervention in the things in the affairs of earth. We are living at a time in which the sovereign will of God and the faith of God's people are going to come together at one time and cause a mighty revival and awakening and a harvest. Is this helping anybody? I believe also there is a transition here. I will show wonders in the heavens, in the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness. Now we're getting where? We're getting to the other side of the tribulation. This is after the second coming of Jesus. This prophet is seen down like he would look down a spoke of a tire. He's raising his head and he's seeing different timelines of that which God is doing. The sun shall be turned into the darkness, the moon into blood, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. See, that great and terrible day of the Lord is going to be the day that we come back with Him to this earth as a mighty army of God to set up the millennial reign of Christ and we'll reign and rule with Him for a thousand years, which could be a hundred thousand. You say, why? Because a day with the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is with a day. I tell you, you hang out with God, He'll expand the way you see things. Amen. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name, the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion, in the church, and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance. As the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Let me just say something to you. Listen, all I can do is preach you the word. I have to trust the Holy Ghost to put these things in your heart and in your spirit. Oh, I'll do that, Lord. Oh, I still got time. Good. I believe you are the called of God. Many are chosen, but few are called. That means that a lot of people come, a lot of people can gather into a church, into a ministry, into a meeting. But out of that, God will begin to call people. He'll begin to call. He'll begin to put assignments in their heart. He'll begin to tell. And I'm not talking about just breaking out in some ministry. I'm just talking about now to pray. Because that's what God's calling us to do is to pray. Some of you know it in your heart. Some of you know it in your spirit. And some of you know that's why you've had such resistance to it. Because if you did not have a call to pray, there wouldn't be the resistance to pray like it has been upon you. Amen? Now, last scripture. Go to Philippians. 
Go to Philippians chapter 1. And if you don't mind, I'm going to read it in my King James, then I'm going to read it in my Passion Bible. I've been doing a systematic study of the Passion Bible. I've really been enjoying it. Philippians chapter 1, letter to the church at Philippi. That was Paul's great missionary church that supported him financially. Let me find mine here. Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to read it to you in the, in the King James so you'll, you'll understand the Scripture. Everybody's heard the Scripture before, but I want you to, I want you to get it, what it says in the, in the Passion Bible. Philippians chapter 1. Begin in verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Everybody say good work. Now the day that God called you and saved you, he began a good work in you. Now I like it, in, I like it. let me read it in the, in, the, in the Passion Bible. My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give him thanks for you with great joy. I am so grateful for our union and our enduring partnership that began the first time I presented to you the gospel. Now listen, I pray with great faith for you because I am fully convinced that the one who began his glo this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and will put his finishing touches to it. say, so what do you mean by that? That's what God is desiring to do with us as a church. He wants to begin to put some finishing touches to us. Amen. I like that. Finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the days we're living in. So what the Holy Ghost is saying through the Apostle Paul is, hey man, I've had y'all under construction for a long time. I've, I, I've had you under construction, constructing, forming like the potter with the clay. And sometimes we dry out a little bit. You ever get dried out a little bit? That's what happens to clay. You know, a lot of times, especially back then, they didn't have the machines, different things that you have that can keep clay uh, pliable because clay needs to be pliable and, 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 and able to be formed by the hands of the potter. So what they would do in the ancient times, they would, all, they would take the, uh, the clay that dried and the broken clay, broken vessels they'd made, uh, uh, flawed or marred vessels, and they'd break them all up in small little pieces. And then they'd do what? They'd saturate them with water. Now let me tell you what's going on. Some of you, if you'll just get a hold of this, this will help you. The law of displacement is, in, is active in this church. There is a law of displacement. I mean, I've, I've never been, uh, I've never been, you know, at a lack for something to preach or teach. I mean, I, I, I've, I, I've done uh, seminars, conferences. I did conference one time where I was the only speaker. I did 35 meetings in five days. That's seven meetings a day. And man, I just, you know, I just, did, how many interpreters did I? Three interpreters. Warm out. Three interpreters, warm out. 
And anywhere I go, I can pick up a Bible, open it up, grab a couple of scriptures. Put I've never had more. That song, more, is so true. I've never had more revelation, more, more word, more, more uh, of, the, of the water of the word, just saturated. And I, I asked the Lord the other day, I said, what is going on? He says, the law of displacement is in manifestation in Island Church for those that will receive it and hear it. He says, I'm pouring in the Word, pouring in the Word, pouring in the Word, and all of the junk that is in you is going to get displaced by the Word, so there's nothing in you but the Word. He said, then I take my spirit and I touch the Word, touch the water of the Word in your life, and it turns into wine. Something you get under the influence of, something you get others under the influence of. Now you think meditate on that picture for a while and you're going to be willing in this day. The Bible says that God's people would be willing in the day of His power. You don't see the math. Listen, I, 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 can't, I can't speak for the, for the mega churches that are not going back to church. I can't speak for the churches that are shutting down and closing. They've had over 1,500 churches in the Atlantic area, Atlanta area shut down. Just shut them down. Shut the doors. We're done. They called the mortgage on, uh, on them, and as they did, they just shut down. Other people are just, you know, I talk to pastors all the time. They say, How many people did you have come back when you first opened your church? I said, well, we, you know, a few people came back. It took a little time, and, you know, said, and you're doing two services on Sunday. I said, yeah, yeah, we've got people coming, and, you know, people are coming on Wednesday night. We're teaching the Word of God, and they're, they're talking about, man, we're just having a hard time getting anybody to come. There is a spirit of apostasy, and it's, and it's working in people. And, and, and it's, a lot of people never thought it would come this way, but it's coming down the tracks of fear. Of fear. We can't go to We go to church. First of all, we could get COVID if we go to church. Secondly, if I go, they always take an offering. And, and how, how dare, I've, I've heard this several times from ministries. How dare anybody mention anything about an offering when the whole world is in some kind of financial turmoil? Well, my Bible says, he that observes the clouds will not sow. He that observes the wind will starve and harvest. So it's going to determine whether you really are a person that desires to live by the word of God in these last days. It could be life or death. You know, Hebrews chapter 6, I was going to go there, but we'll, we'll pick it up there next week. That'd be a good place to pick it up next week. Hebrews chapter 6 is, you know, it starts off with what we call the basic doctrines of Christ, the, you know, different things we believe in, baptisms, and laying on of hands, eternal judgment, uh, six different basic doc doctrines of Christ. Uh, then it talks about people that uh, have partaken of the heavenly gift, those that have been enlightened by the Word of God, uh, uh, and it talks about a believer who can actually be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and then, and then lose their salvation is what it's talking about. Now, don't get alarmed because he's writing it to the Hebrews because there was a real pull on Jewish people. Once they became Christians, then their, their family and their friends just beat them, beat them, beat them with this. You mean you're not going to the temple anymore? You mean you're, 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 not, you're not bringing a lamb to the temple? You're not doing the sacrifice? Why, well, you're going to lose any, any salvation you thought you had. You're gonna... So it, it was scaring those people. So a lot of them were just denouncing their salvation. That's why Paul wrote that. Now, it's, not easy to, it's not easy to lose your salvation. But in that portion of Scripture, he says, and to taste of the powers of the world to come, which is a trans-dispensational 
statement. You say, what do you mean like that? Remember when Jesus, he walked on the earth and two different times he said, I'm not called but to the lost sheep of the nation of Israel. He was not being a bigot. He was not being prejudiced. He was telling people, I can only operate along the lines of the covenant of Abraham, the covenants of David's day, the covenants of Solomon. I'm, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the nation of Israel. But people crossed over that line and came to him. Syrophoenician woman, the centurion. I think there were two others that came to Jesus that had no right whatsoever. You say, what happened? He just stepped over into the other dispensation that was fixing to come and ministered healing and deliverance to people that had faith. We're, we're, listen, we're living in the powers of this age. Power of the Holy Ghost, power of the Word, gifts of the Spirit. That's not for the ages to come. What is the power of the ages to come? I don't know, but God said we would taste of it. Amen. So, I don't want to miss it. Do you? I don't want to miss it. Now's the day. Now's the day to make a decision. No new consecration. No new, new commitment. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. Amen? Praise God. Stand on your feet. Glory to God. Went seven minutes over. Praise the Lord. Seven's the number of God, so it was perfect. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. Now don't forget, Friday night, more prayer, more praise, more worship. Saturday night, prayer and intercession. You can't go to the beach, might as well come to church. Be too many people in the bay fishing, amen? Wind's going to be blowing anyway. God is so good. Lift your hands up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we worship you tonight. Father, we ask that the imprint of the light of God would reside in our spirit, man. That we would wake up to the day and the hour. We're hearing the prophetic dreams and visions of many that are showing us a picture of great destruction in this nation and in this world. But Father, we're your people. We're your children. And we know it is not your will to steal, kill, and destroy. It is your will that we have life and have it in abundance. And there's not a demon power on this earth or the devil himself that can usurp the power that's in the name of Jesus. The power of the Word of God or the power of the Holy Ghost. Fathers, we leave tonight as is our custom, our tradition. We declare over all of Island Church no evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father, that in the righteous labor of our hands and in our travels, we're not subject to accidents, to trauma, to terror, to evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Prepare us, Lord, for the door of utterance which will open on behalf of the kingdom to bring blessings to humanity and great honor to Jesus. Let us be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the adversary, a miracle in somebody's life. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. Father, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave tonight walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. 
To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.